Welcome back to the Badass Literature Society, where badasses come together to rate and review novels recommended by you. Hi, I'm Michael. This is Barbara. And this month we read The Final Empire, or Mistborn Number 1, by Brandon Sanderson. This one was recommended to us by a user on Reddit, uh, specifically from the subreddit Fantasy. So let's talk about Brandon a little bit first. Brandon Sanderson is an American fantasy officer, a Nebraska native. He currently resides at American Fork, Utah. He earned his master's degree in creative writing in 2004 from Brigham Young University, where he was on the staff of Leading Edge, a semi-professional speculative fiction magazine published by the university. He has been nominated twice for the John W. Campbell Award. Also, after Robert Jordan's death, Brandon Sanderson was selected by Harriet McDougal, who was Robert Jordan's widow, to complete the final book, not book, but books in Jordan's epic fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. Uh, Harriet asked him to complete the series after being deeply impressed by the book that we're reviewing today, Miss Bourne, The Final Empire. On March 30th, 2009, it was announced that A Memory of Light, originally slated to be the final book, would actually be split into three volumes, The Gathering Storm, Towers of Midnight, and A Memory of Light. Barbara, you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, some specs on the book? Sure. This was originally published back on July 17th of 2006. The genres are fantasy or high fantasy. It is roughly 541 pages, depending on the copy that you own. And it currently has a 4.5 on Goodreads, a 4.6 on Barnes & Nobles, 4.7 on Amazon, and a 4.8 on Audible. And at the time of this recording, it has not been nominated or won any awards, at least none that I could find. And But the audiobook does, and it has been nominated. And I think it actually even has won some awards, but I'm not going to list those here because we're strictly dealing with the book and the audio. Also, we think it's important for our readers to know what, if any, representation are in the books we read. So for this book, there are some supporting POC characters, no LGBTQ plus characters, and one supporting character with a disability. All right. Thank you. Want to give us a, a little synopsis in your own words? Sure. This book is about huh, and the final empires, literally, where these characters live in and what they're called. And then you have two perspectives of characters and you switch between Kelsier I don't remember his last name and Vin and they're both what we call or what the book calls a ska and that's just a subgroup of people so you have the ska and non-ska which would be I don't know the rich people yeah or I guess non-ska people. And I really don't know the difference between them as far as like if they look different or anything like that. Cause the book kind of hints that they don't. And it's pretty much the uh, Kelsier is a Mistborn, And that is someone who can use all the, the magic system in the book uses metals like, you know, iron pewter, that gold, that kind of stuff. And they ingest that, and that's how they get their powers. And Mistborns are characters who can use all of the metals. And then Mistines are characters who can just use one of the metals. And so, essentially, it's Kelsier, and he gets a little band of people to try to overthrow the final empire and the Lord Ruler, who's been ruling for, like, thousands of years. And it's kind of like a little heist, but not really a heist. I feel like that was a little misleading. And it's just essentially them trying to usurp the final empire, which is yeah. the Lord ruler. Essentially, Lord That's, I don't know. Try not to spoil anything. So the, the one other thing you could mention, but that uh, Kelsier and Ven are both half ska. Well, I didn't want to ruin that. It, that was, that's on the back of the book. 
Oh, is it? Okay, it I is. didn't know that. Yeah. So yes, both of them are half ska. So that means they're, I, I, yes, that means that they're part ska and then part nobility. Because, uh-huh. well, spoilers, so we're not going to get into that. So, but yes, they're later, half. Later. Both of them are. Cool. Thank you. Uh, so diving in like we always do, what did you think about the final empire? And remember, no spoilers. So uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. I really liked the magic system. I thought that was really, really, really interesting. I had trouble remembering which metals did what, though. And just and it's not because it's like all up in there. It's just because of the lingo that they use, like pulling mm-hmm. and pushing and all that kind of stuff. And then they have certain names for people the mistings who use the certain magic so that's it's kind it's a bit confusing it, and it took me a hot second to understand that but i really enjoyed the magic system regardless if i was understanding i really liked it i thought the fight scenes were really done very well i had a little bit of trouble whenever we had multiple characters on the page i feel like he struggled a little with that and towards Oh, I don't know, three-fourths of the way into the book, maybe a little bit before then, it really dragged for me where I was kind of struggling to get through this because I just was like, okay, look, come on, let's, let's, come on, let's get it. Let's get some action going. Let's get some story plot rolling because it's, I think it's a very, it's both character and story plot, whatever you want to call that, driven, but at times it focused a little bit more on the character, and normally I enjoy that if it's well-written, but sometimes I felt like it was a little crackalackin' for me. But overall, I did enjoy I think the best part of this was definitely the magic system. The world was really cool, but we learned just a little bit of the world because we didn't really travel outside of like two main hubs, really. So I'm curious to know if we're going to find out more of this quote unquote final empire. I'm thinking we probably will, but, but uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I loved the book. Not shocking probably to any of you. It's a fantasy book. It's by one of my favorite authors. Um, I was really excited to read this one. So I, I, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I think that there were, I agree with Barbara, there were some spots that it got a little bit slow. I don't think um, it dragged quite as much for me as it did for her, but there were definitely some spots where it was, you kind of were just like, all right, come on, let's let's pick up the pace or let's get back to to the action. As far as the magic system, I absolutely love that. I 100% agree with you. It was so detailed and and so intricate. And I think that was why like you said, it was took a little bit of time to kind of get the hang of everything and understanding all the terminology. And that's one of the reasons I think uh, I'm going to jump into the second book, like right after for my next personal book that I read, because I want to have, <laughs> I feel like I'll be able to enjoy that more if I have all that knowledge fresh, as opposed to having to relearn all of that. If I you know don't read book two until like a year from now or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially because you struggle with that. Correct. Yeah. Especially because I struggle with remembering stuff to begin with. So, so yeah, I, uh, I, I loved it and I'm excited to read the rest of them. I think there's six total now in Mistborn. He just announced a seventh book is coming out. Mm-hmm. But He's the dude that wrote the other book, Elantris, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also had an issue with his plot or pacing because it, I feel like it's, it's the same thing. It's like a little past the halfway point, three-fourths of the way, it kind of starts dragging and you're just like, okay, come on, like let's get to the story. Let's let's move plot points along here. Yeah. So like, like I mentioned to you the other day when we were talking, you've literally, you've now read his first two published books. Mm. Elantris was the very first one and Final Empire was the second one. Mm, fair enough. So I, I think someone who's read some of his newer stuff, he does 
it, it, it does, it just keeps getting better. Uh, so I, I think that, uh, mm-hmm. and I actually noticed that even, um, jumping into, cause I've actually started the, the well of Ascension, which is the second book. And I, I think that you can see some improvement even there, even though like that was only written, like it published a year after this one. Um, whereas like, yeah, this but one's I, a year. I enjoyed the beginning of Mistborn or final empire, whatever the heck it's called, but it was towards, like I said, three fourths of the way where it's it just like, drag. okay, yeah. come on. So fair enough. Um, so that's, we're not going to go into our individual ratings at this point. As you guys know, you got to wait for that till the end. Uh, but our group score for this one was at 8.5 out of 10. It's a pretty high score for us. So that's, that's pretty good. Um, moving on from there, would you recommend this book for me? Yes, absolutely. Uh, if you, I think this is one that uh, unlike Elantris, I think this is one that it, it, obviously if you like fantasy books, it's an easy sell. Um, but I think you could even sell this one to someone who's not as invested in fantasy. Um, just because there's other stuff going on, like the, there's, it's like a kind of like the heist things and that those kinds of aspects to it. It's still set in a fantasy world, but it's not as high fantasy as Elantris or some other books that, uh, that I can think of in that genre. What does that mean? It's not as high fantasy. Well, what does that mean to you? Cause I think that you're using that in the wrong context. I just, I feel like it's, it's not, it's easier to, to approach than some other ones. Like, I, I don't think it's. There's not, it's not overwhelming in its scope, at least not at the beginning. Like it can, obviously, as you get deeper into his books, they, they definitely can be, but I think this could be more approachable for somebody who has maybe like a passing interest in fantasy as opposed to like somebody who's like a hardcore fantasy lover. So I think it's a little bit easier to recommend to more people than, than like, like the way of Kings, for instance, that's another one of his books. Like that's like a thousand pages. That's a tough sell for somebody who's used to reading like 300 pages, like beach romance reads. Whereas this one, I feel like you can you can sell it a little bit easier to a broader audience. That's just my opinion. Okay. So would I recommend this? Uh, yes. I honestly, I think I would recommend this over his first one, the Elantris one. And only just because I feel like this one has enough of the action slash heist and kind of a little mystery going on more so than Elantris did. And so I feel like just if, if you only like fantasy then Elantris is for you but this one has a, a bit of some other things going on so if you're not a huge high fantasy lover I think the other aspects of the book will help in that sense I think this book lacks with the romance aspect of it I think this book lacks it some really great female characters because really there's just one. So I kind of struggled with that, like any fantasy books written by men. But besides that, I think I would recommend it for maybe someone who's looking into maybe instead of like dipping their toe in fantasy, maybe putting a foot in there instead, you know, this, I think that that would be this one. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, the other thing I forgot to mention on this with Elantris compared, comparing the two is it's, if you're looking for like a series to get into, this is one, like there's a lot of books you can read. Whereas Elantris, there's just one book. He's announced there's two more coming at some point, but like, I feel like at least for me, I got to the end of Elantris and kind of wanted more and there isn't more yet. Whereas with this one, there's, there's a lot more. So that's possibly a selling point too, if that's what you're into. So for those of you that are leaving us at this point, we're getting to the end of our spoiler-free section. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review if you like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. In both places, our handle is at BadassLitPod. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a book you want us to read, let us know. Either leave us a comment, send us a DM, 
now. Uh, Barbara's going to give us a short preview of what's coming up next. So next month we are reading The Diviners by Leba Bray, which was recommended to us by someone on Instagram. So here is a preview, which is from the back of the book. Something dark and evil has awakened. Evie O'Neill has been exiled from her boring old hometown and shipped off to the bustling streets of New York City. And she is positively ecstatic. It's 1926 and New York is filled with speakeasies, Zigfield girls, and rackish pickpockets. The only catch is that she has to live with her Uncle Will and his unhealthy obsession with the occult. Evie worries her uncle will discover her darkest secret, a supernatural power that has only brought her trouble so far. But when the police find a murdered girl branded with a cryptic symbol and Will is called to the scene, Evie realizes her gift could help catch a serial killer. As Evie jumps headlong into a dance with a murderer, other stories unfold in the city that never sleeps. A young man named Memphis is caught between two worlds. A chorus girl named Theta is running from her past. A student named Jericho is hiding a shocking secret and unknown to all something dark and evil has awakened. Bum, bum, bum. Remember the second part of this episode is going to be an in-depth look at the final empire. So if you do want to read that book, please stop listening now and come back and listen to the rest when you are done. I'm Megan and I'm Samantha with Literary Lushes and we want to tell you about our podcast. Join us every other week as we dive into a sci-fi or fantasy novel where we also drink cocktails inspired by the novel. We post YouTube videos of us making the cocktails. And a lot of the times we even have the authors on including Dennis E. Taylor, Marissa Myers, and even Angela Roquet. So join us because you don't want to miss the podcast that's been described as not taking ourselves too seriously. And with that we say stay Stay lively with your libations. Now, for those of you sticking around for the spoilers, here we go. So we're going to jump in here like we always do at first, and we're going to give out the Badass Character Award. Mm, I was torn between these two as far as like our two main characters, Vin or Kelsier. And because it's a spoiler, I think Kelsier edges out just a little because he dies. Like He literally <laughs> dies for the cause. And Coming I feel in hard like with the spoilers. <laughs> I am. Uh, yeah, well, that's your problem. So... I feel like up until that point, Vin for sure had it for me, but and then he like pretty much gave his life for the cause and something that he believed in. Knowing Fallo, he was going to do this since the beginning. Uh-huh. That I think kind of tipped it over for me for him. So for me, it would be good old Kelsier, R.I.P. So for me, it was a little bit less of a contest. I think Vin is definitely a badass, but Kelsier definitely won this for me even earlier than the point where he dies. Just when you start realizing the scope of the plan that he's put in place for this. And um, at the beginning, it's seemingly that like the, the plan is mostly just a ruse so that he can kill the Lord ruler. Cause he has a tiff with him, but it becomes evident pretty quickly that it's a much broader plan. And he has a much larger idea for how this should go down. And, and uh, so, yeah, I think he definitely, his death included uh, earns the badass character. So before we get into some of our questions, I just want to kind of talk about some of the main characters and kind of go over their parts in the story and what we thought of them and things like that. And it's obvious we're going to start with the main character. I think of the two main characters, Vin would be the main main because we get most of her perspective than than Kelsier. What uh, 
Well, do you want to first, I guess, do you want to tell us a little bit about Vin before we talk about our feelings? Sure. So Vin is, like you said, one of the two main characters, if not the main character. We get most of her perspective of the book. She is, I believe, 16 when we meet her and turn 17 throughout the book. She is, like we mentioned, a half ska, so she... Her mom is the ska. Her her father was like a high inquisitor. Is that what? I think that's right. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm he, was. Sure he was. He was an like, inquisitor. That's correct. Okay. A high inquisitor, if not like the top high inquisitor, actually. And that is where uh, the mist, mistings and mistborn actually get their powers from are from the nobility, the their blood for some reason. And we don't figure that, that out as to why in this book. But yes, so that's that's where she gets it. She doesn't know that she is Mistborn until Kelsier tests her. And she finds out she's a Mistborn. And not only is she a Mistborn, but she's a very... She has a lot of potential as mm-hmm. a Mistborn. Like, she's already stronger than Kelsier as far as her abilities that seem to come very natural to her. And she's only been a Mistborn. Or she's only found out that she was a Mistborn this book takes place within like a year. So like, she's only been practicing at this point for like six, seven months. So he's very impressed with her. Besides that, she had an older brother who was abusive to her. She was essentially an orphan because both, well, orphan since her daddy didn't know she was around and probably would have murdered her. Had he, so she lived on the streets and when Kelsier found her and she turns into this badass character, the only flaw I find is her love attraction for Ellen boo. And that's a little about her. <laughs> she, I guess we, we find out she, she was using her powers before she knew about them. She just didn't realize it. She was using just one of them. Right. The, she uh, wasn't cause she, aware so, that she was using the other ones. Cause you have to burn the metal. So right. to, to use, the magic in this world, you have to burn the metal, which means one of those little lingos that you don't know about. <laughs> you have to ingest the metal and then like somehow whatever right. burn, whatever that means. Like they use it up in their yeah. tummy or something like that to be able to use that. And the only one that she was able to store as she called it was the, the soothing one. Mm-hmm. Cause she was inadvertently doing that when she was in like a high stakes negotiation with uh correct emotions underbelly. She was right. playing with people's emotions right. essentially and getting things towards like for what she wanted. Yeah. You mentioned her brother too. That was, that was kind of a heartbreaking conclusion when, when you find out everything with them. So the, like Barbara said, the brother was, he was abusive. He was very, very hard and mean to her. I, I think in some ways he kind of thought he had to be to make her tough and help her be able to survive. There's lots of arguments you could make as to whether that's a good thing or not, but I think his intentions were not negative. I think he he wanted her uh, to be strong. I, no, I still think he was. So you can still have good qualities about you and still be an awful person. True. Like he still, like there's no amount of he was doing this for the greater good beating her. That the, There's no yeah. way, like there's better ways of teaching someone to be quote unquote hard, Michael. And I, I agree with that. I, I'm, I'm not talking about his methods. I'm talking about like the mindset behind it. I, I think that his his intentions weren't like, I'm going to like beat her for fun. Like I, I think, I, I think the intentions were good. Was it the best way to go about it? No. But when Kelsier finds her, she thinks that her brothers abandoned her. And what I was mentioning was heartbreaking at the end is you find out that he actually didn't abandon her. He was, uh, he was caught by the inquisitors, right? 
The Steel Inquisitors. Steel Inquisitors, right. And like brutally tortured and killed. And it's very rare, apparently, so that for them to not be able to get information out of someone through torture. And so the fact that he didn't break was written in a way that made made it seem like that should be really impressive that he didn't give her up. Yeah, I mean, it it was interesting to see kind of her progression as a character. She she starts out as the, I'm going to say, not really super tropey but if you're gonna throw her in a trope it'd be like the aladdin street rat like she's the she's a street criminal she's not doing anything like too crazy like she's not like you know killing people for money or anything it's mostly thieving but yeah she starts there and then you know, goes into kelsey's crew and her task is that she has to pretend to be a noble a noble woman and uh, go to all these balls and stuff which is totally the like antithesis of <laughs> what she is or what she's been her whole life because Living on the street, she chose to dress um, androgynously so that she would be not bothered um, by by men and things. And if that's obviously sad that that's the case, but she did it's that. A nice so that way of putting unbothered by men, but sure. I was trying to be kind yeah, of nice about that. And so going from that and that lifestyle to watching her transform into someone who, you know, eventually kind of enjoyed going to the balls and interacting with people and kind of like the the spy life <laughs> that she was living and doing that. It was, it was cool to see her progression as a character. Um, both in that aspect and in, you know, just watching her go from someone who had been taught and drilled into her head to never trust anybody to go from that to having like a group of people that I think she considered family at the end of the book. Pretty much because she felt sad that the whole heist was ending and then she would be alone again. That was her biggest fear is to be alone. So she was really scared of that happening. She's a good character. I liked her for the most part. A few Scenes I wasn't too thrilled about the whole I'm in love, insta love for Ellen was a little bleh, but yeah. you know, it is a trope and people enjoy that. So yeah, because yeah, he falls into the he's not like the other boys. Like, yeah, <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to Ellen in a minute. But so let's talk about our other main character then, which is Kelsier. Uh, before we talk about our feelings, do you want to again give us a little bit of uh, background on Kelsier? Sure. Kelsier is a another half ska uh and to become well to realize your powers as a misting or a misborn they call it your snap so mm-hmm. it's like you you're born with these abilities but you don't you're not aware that you have them until like something traumatic happens to you or you're like kind of forced to use these powers so kelsier pretty much lives his whole life without realizing he's a misborn until the like cuz he's mid thirties, I think is what the book describes him. So when him and his wife try to steal from the Lord ruler, they get caught and then they get sentenced to go to this pits of hell, essentially where they have to go and find this type of metal, which they're not, they don't realize that's what they're having to do. But essentially you have to go under this mine, find this like rock geoid type thing Mm -hmm. and every day you find or you have a week i think to find it and if you don't then you die essentially and he snapped because his wife took his place and died because you die if you don't find it and the people beat her to death and he snapped and pretty much like murdered everyone there a little bit and escaped so he's the only one who's ever escaped that spot and everyone knows him because he's got these really long gashes on his arms because of the time where he spent like grabbing things so and he's kind of known all over the place you know like he's well known because he escaped and kind of causes trouble and he's amazing at being a mistborn he has a brother marsh and then he was 
before all of the snapping and all that stuff, and he turned into a Mistborn, he was essentially the crew leader of a thief guild, and he would put these little bands together to, you know, steal from the rich, give back to the poor type of character. Yep. And he's very charismatic. People really enjoy him. They kind of gravitate towards him. And that's him, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they called him the hero of Hathson because he escaped the Hathson pits. I really liked Kelsier. I, I think there's there's a lot to like, and I think there's there's a lot to not like about him too, though. To be honest, like there, he's definitely a flawed character in some ways. But he's definitely kind of a gray character. Like yeah. he is the hero, but I feel like he's a little anti-hero because he has no qualms in merging any nobility. Like obviously, he doesn't hurt the Scott unless they're traitors. Which yeah. who. And it's not like traitor and like like what he considers a traitor is someone who sold himself out to be able to support himself and work right. for the nobility or work for the Lord Ruler or for the Empire and that kind of stuff. Then he has no qualms of murdering you either. Yeah. And so, yeah, that kind of makes him more of a moral gray character. What I enjoyed about that was how Vin, Showed like him. they, yeah, like they both kind of taught each other, like uh, he taught her to trust people and have a family and have each other's back and friends and love people and be more trusting of people. And she showed him, which is ironic because she was so trusting of not other people and <laughs> him, that like not everybody is, deserves to die regardless of their class and their status. Yeah. No, in a, in a way, when you said that, I just thought of it as like, sh- he taught her to be more trusting of everyone, and she taught him to be more trusting of nobles sometimes. Right. So that, uh, yeah. But yeah, he, he was definitely definitely a great character. Definitely a, a phenomenal leader, like you said, very charismatic. He uh, not only was a very skilled misborn, but he was very good at getting people to be on his side of the the argument and to agree with what he was saying and to to join his cause which was obviously very helpful when you're trying to start a rebellion in a major city so yeah he was i enjoyed his character i enjoyed the flaws i think that made him for a better character i was a little iffy about him because i was like man he's gonna do something and then when he the the whole thing that was kind of like a punch in the gut and i'm not gonna get into that because i believe you have a question about that i do yeah it was very well written, and I really enjoyed that. And yeah, and, li- and like you said, it was it was really, I really enjoyed seeing his attitude, not towards all nobles, but towards Elland at least change because of Ben and showing that uh, they're not all just these scumbags who hate Ska. Some of them are just regular people who don't know. Uh, they do know, but they're they needed a little fire on their ass to actually do yeah. something about it. Okay. Well, do you want to give us a little bit of background on Mr. Elland Venture? So he is a nobility, part of the nobility, and he is actually from the House Venture, which is the top dog of the nobility. So you have the nobility, and within the nobility, you have classes, as one does in any of these types of books. And he <laughs> is from the house, the highest house, and he's actually the heir of that house. His dad is a complete utter scumbag. He kind of likes to rebel against his father just because a he finds it funny, and b I don't. He likes his family, but he also hates what his dad does. So I think it's like his own little way of rebelling against the the system. He likes to read. Uh, he's very smart, but I feel like so he's smart. He's book smart. He is not street smart like Vin or Kelsier. He's definitely just book smart, I think. Yeah. He's 
And obviously he's Vin's love interest. Cause like I said, like she meets him in the very first ball that she has to go to and like is instantly attracted to him. And so she's like, Oh, he's for some reason I felt myself trusting him. And I don't know why I was like, well, why, why is it? Huh? But so you learn a little bit about him. Cause you do get a few chapters in his point of view and you learn that he's trying to like, he's secretly reading these books that could literally have him murdered if caught with them. And he's trying to get a few of his other groups of other houses to kind of like rebel and do stuff against like, he doesn't agree with how the Lord ruler is ruling essentially, but he doesn't know how to go about changing that. Right. Kind of him. I think he's in his mid early twenties. I believe I think think he's like 22 or something. He's pretty young. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked Ellen. I I, uh, I thought that obviously the tropey parts of their the early relationship were kind of, well, tropey. I liked him as a character. I thought it was interesting to see that, I, I guess just like see his way he thought and his his thinking. Um, I, I, He wasn't very, he wasn't like Kelsteer, like you said, or like the others that are like ready to act and do something. He was more philosophical. Like he obviously didn't agree with how the ska were treated generally. But like you said, he didn't really know how, what to do about it. Like he, he knew from the books he'd read and what he talked to Vin about that he didn't like how things were, but he didn't know what to do to change anything. So he was just kind of a, an angry (laughs) young adult that uh, was, I guess, acting out against his family and stuff because he didn't know what else to do to, to change anything. But I thought, I think it was an interesting character. And I, I think that while we didn't see a lot of him in this book, I think that he'll probably be a major character in future installments in this trilogy. I guess this is the spoiler section because he becomes the the king of uh, the the uh, the world at the end of the book, and so I, I would think that that would mean that he'll be a major character going forward. Oh yeah, most definitely. I was a little hesitant on him. I wasn't a huge fan of him. I felt like he was kind of an idiot, just because like he wanted to rebel, but he didn't have the balls to do it until someone else had to do it for him. So yeah, I liked him a little bit more later in the book but we didn't get too too much of him like we didn't like he didn't have a huge arc like the other main characters did just because there wasn't too much of him to get that arc so i'm curious to know how he's going to be in the other books yeah i I am too um so moving on from ellen we'll talk about some of the members of the the crew that kelsier puts together the first one i have down here is breeze do you want to give us a short little snippet about who breeze was then we'll talk about him just a little bit yeah, so Breeze is a very skilled soother. So a soother is someone who can manipulate emotions around him, and he is part of the nobility. And but I'm not really sure like what house he's from. It, just, it doesn't actually ever say. I think maybe he's just a, a minor nobleman, and he's very good at what he does. Like uh, there's a scene where. Finn is with him and he's like teaching her how to soothe people and it's like very subtle and how he does it but he's constantly using it like he <laughs> is always trying to make people do stuff like get him wine and do yep. all this stuff like when he first <laughs> meets Vin, he tries doing that to her and she's not too happy with that that's and he is the soother for their little group like they each have just like any good heist you know you have someone who's really good at what they do the specialty and he his specialty is the soothing now you, you mentioned the wine thing i that was one of my favorite things that he just kind of comical thing he did as a character was whenever they were somewhere where he could get somebody to bring him wine he used his abilities to to get whoever it was to bring him a bottle of wine or a glass of wine or 
yeah, I mean, he was an interesting character. I, I think that there's not a whole lot more to say beyond what uh, what you what you gave us in the description list. I don't think I have anything to add. Uh, the next crew member I've got written down here is Spook. Do you have a little little snippet on Spook or uh, Lestiborns? Yeah, so his real name is Lestiborns. I'm not really sure why. I think it's just because Spook was much easier to say than Lestiborns. That's, and- that's exactly it. Kelsier couldn't pronounce his real yeah. name, so he called so, him Spook. He is Club's which is another member, um, his nephew. There's, I, I think it's his nephew. Like they're related somehow. And I believe he is a 10 eye, mm-hmm. which That's means right. he burns 10 and 10 lets you see things. Uh, well, it, yeah, like just, you can see things like yeah, it enhances all your senses. So you can correct. see things better hear, hear things better. Yeah. All, all those things. Yep. And he's a, apparently very good at what he does as well. I think they're, they're, he is their main ten eye yep. for all for all the things, and he was extremely hard to understand because he uses like slang. Yep, and I'm not sure what kind of slang it is. They like, always just their... call it like street slang. Is yeah, always ever referred street to slang. Us. So I'm like, okay, so very confusing to understand him. He has a little crush, unrequented crush on Vin. <laughs> so I'm curious to know where that's gonna go. If that's gonna be something else further in the books, because no. he survives, so he's gonna be in the next book. So. He's younger too than her. He was like fourteen, right? No, uh, he's like fifteen. She thought okay. he was much younger just because he looked younger, but he wasn't but he's, that he's much like younger 15. than her. Okay. Yeah. So I just knew he was the of the crew people. He was the youngest person, correct, on the crew because they yeah. talked about that between more than him once. and and Vin. They're the two younger ones. Yeah. Let's see. So the next person I've got down is Marsh. So Marsh is Kelsier's brother, mm-hmm. and he is a he's a. Do they call him seekers? Like yes. he can find people. Yep, that's correct. So he can tell when people are using me- the metals or using the abilities, and then you can find people that way, essentially. And I can't remember which one you is it brass? I think it's brass. I don't. I remember. believe it's brass. I, brass might, is the one that right. you burn to find people. But yes, he's the seeker. He is older, um, Kelsier's older brother. He also was in charge of the Ska Rebellion before the other character takes over, and he stopped doing that, I believe, when Kelsier and the his wife got locked up and taken yep. away, and so he kind of stopped doing that And because of spoilers. So he works for them in their little group, and then he actually is the one that wants to infiltrate the ministry, and they like, and I think he does such a good job in, in in doing so that they actually put him in the steel ministry, which is like the worst of the worst as far as the ministry. And they're like really creepy looking people, dudes. I don't think there was any female steel nah, ministers. It was, all, it was all dudes. All and steel, they have like freaking spikes in their eyeballs, like iron spikes or something like that, where their eyes should be. And it's creepy as f the way they described it. They're and bigger he, too, right? Aren't they? Yeah, uh well yeah I think I mean yeah I guess maybe they're that's like just how I pictured it because they were yeah. so like strong but maybe right. they are maybe they're normal sized I think they're whatever size they're normal I don't think the weird thing turns them any bigger I think it's okay. just the ones that we happen to meet are just Big. huge <laughs> fair enough but yeah they're, they're creepy he 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 suspects sus- successfully infiltrates the steel ministry. And at one point you think he's dead 
because you think he got caught, but I didn't. But anyways, I anyways, <laughs> and come to find out very late in the book that he just turned into a steel minister as well. And then turns th- on them and pretty much kills all of the steel minister inside this little area <laughs> that we're at. Yeah. And is the one who's going to commandeer. Cause now, now he's the main steel minister that's left over in the book. And yeah, he was a really interesting character. I really enjoyed his per- like he's the opposite of Kelsier. So well, Kels- where Kelsier is happy, go lucky, very charismatic. Like Marsh is the opposite. Like he's always brooding and and very serious. Yeah, I liked Marshall's character too. I, yeah. I I unlike Barbara did not predict that he was still alive. I thought he was. I thought he'd been found and killed. It turns out that that was actually where they turned him into a steel inquisitor. Yes. Which is why if there was you, blood all over the place. You, Apparently it's and the pretty- dead bodies. If you don't recognize the dead body and they don't say, oh no, this looks just like my brother. It was just a dead body and it was too scarred and disfigured to figure out who it was. You cannot assume it's who everyone else thinks it is. Right. So, But yes, that's the weird practice of turning people into the steel minister. Which we never got the specifics on. He just said it was a very gruesome process is all all we ever. The scene you were talking about at the end where he like essentially kills all the all the other steel inquisitors was pretty cool. Because essentially in like two pages of the book, he kills like all these guys that were unbeatable by everybody yeah. else up to this point. Well, because he knew how to beat them. Because essentially you just have to disconnect. Like, so you think they only have those like poles in their eyeballs, but they actually have like eight more in their body or something like in their chest. And And all you have to do is like pull the one in the back and there you go. You kill, you murder them. Yeah. And that's what he, he just went plug. I just picture him like, like plucking (laughs) them all off. Like, yeah, it was almost, almost laughable to see them go down that easy after like Kelsier fought and killed that one earlier in the book. And it was like a 10 or 12 page fight (laughs) between the two of them. And then Marsh just wipes them all out in a few paragraphs. That's the whole, I mean, he did his job. Yeah, he sure did. He sure did. I really liked his character. And I'm excited to see also where he goes in future books. But let's see, who's next? Uh, Sazed. So Sazed is, I think they're called a Terrasmin. They're essentially a group of people that, for I'm not really sure why, but they serve other people for some reason. Do you, do you remember why? I That's don't remember the case. why they do that, but they, yeah. they do. So they're not like, so they're neither Scott nor nobility. They're terrorismen who have to like serve the nobility essentially as on top of being a terrorismen. Like there's a sub group of terrorismen who are, they practice a different type of magic. And I don't remember how you pronounce it. Ferro, it's a ferrochemist. Fer- something. Fer- ferrochemy. Yep. Yeah. So that um, allows him to like store things within the metal. So instead of like ingesting the metal, they like wear like earrings and bracelets and that kind of stuff and allows them to store things. And he specializes in religion and I think it's just religion. Well, no, it's just religion, I believe. Yeah, that's his specialty is uh, religion. Religions that once existed. Most of them. Right. So like he has like over like 700 religions or something like he kind of goes through those with Finn. He is tasked to help or watch over Vin essentially. So he goes with her to the parties and kind of figures out from the other tearsmen people like what's going on or like the other like servants and stuff around the house what's going on and we find out that the lord ruler has been killing 
his kind and not just the tearsmen, but um, the fair, the, the ones that practice fair, fair, Kim, Kim, fair, fair, Kimmy. Yep. Yeah. So he's really cool. I liked him. He's also a badass and he's oh, yeah. like a soft spoken badass. <laughs> Definitely a soft spoken badass. And I loved his, that he, like, he was very sarcastic and I, I liked his, uh, his sarcasm with Finn as well. And it was, uh, I mean, obviously badass too, because not only because he has all that knowledge, but he saved Vin's ass more than once. A few once. times, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite yeah. a few times, so. So he was a very interesting character and getting to know, learn about the Ferrakami through him, which I think that aspect of the magic system will probably play more of a role. Oh, 100%. Later on. Yeah. But. So he was a cool character. I liked he was. Him. Yeah, I really liked him. Hammond or Ham find that's funny that he's like ham but anyway so hammond is a thug or i think they call it so thugs if they're like the half ska people they're misdeans or a pewter arm i think yep if you're the nobility uh, which has a nice ring to it but essentially you're what a thug is like you're the the muscle yeah. you're the muscle you're of the, the, muscle. the group so he's the muscle of their group so he he burns pewter that lets you become stronger essentially but yeah, that uh, that is what Ham does. He's a uh, but he's a he's a unique pewter armor thug in the sense that he also is very philosophical and likes yeah to, he uh, likes to debate things and he he's a really good soldier too. Not not only is he like a, a thug, a badass in that sense, but he's also really it's skilled fighter yes. without just needing that as well. Like he's their knowledgeable he like he's the one who kind of trains their soldiers their little army that they're kind of trying to build up yeah he's got a very strategic mind for that kind of stuff so that is hammond let's see who else do we have Ah, the lord ruler can't forget about the lord ruler yeah the omnipresent lord rule so you don't get too too much of him in the beginning you just know like so vin accidentally steals his little diary and you kind of get an idea of who he is. And he kind of seems like a complete 180 different character when you're reading this diary because he's like full of self-doubts because he's supposed to be like this hero who's supposed to save the Empire. Well, before it was an Empire because he was the one who turned into Empire. But save the world from like this darkness. It's really literally called like the darkness. Come to find out, once again, huge spoiler, but we've already spoiled a bunch of crap. So if you're at this point and you're still trying to figure it out, that's your problem. Come to find out that the original owner of the diary, the one who wrote the diary, actually got murdered by someone that was with him, helping him. That was also a a terrorisman Mm -hmm. and a fair chemist person. And he murdered this this kid and took his place and essentially pretended that he was the hero of the ages because he was pissed that it wasn't a terrorist and he believed that the terrorist should be the ones who are ruling over everyone else. And so he was the one who took the power for himself that turned him into someone who could d- b- both use, what is it called, alchemy? No, it's not alchemy, the allomancy. Allomancy, yes, yes, yes. So someone who can use the allomancy and the fair chemistry. Ugh, that's really confusing to say. Anyways, <laughs> it is. It's hard so to it's say. A, it's a dual, like he can use both. And so that made him omnipotent, essentially. So he can live for thousands of years like he has been because he can store like eons of lifetime in his little bracelet and then like use it whenever he needs it. And then the rest of the day when he's hidden, he like turns into like a meek little old man to store that yeah. to appear better than he really is. Which is a very vain use of his power, but... 
Well, no, because then he appears like he doesn't age, Michael. That's not vain. Yeah. It's just so you... He, he essentially, he wants to, no, he wants to appear like a God. Like he claims he is a God because of this. He's like, I am a God. You need to fear and bow and all this thing. And that's how you do that. Fair enough. And he pretty much imprisoned all these people because of that. Cause he thought he should be ruling over everybody. And it was a really cool twist to figure that out because like the person that you're reading, like the novel, like, and everyone's like, God, he doesn't even seem like this, this Lord ruler who he became, like what happened to him on all this stuff. Well, come to find out he was murdered and it's not <laughs> even him. So that's, that's why. And he's not a good guy. He murders a lot of people. He has this weird thing that he thinks he's superior to everyone, obviously a God complex essentially. Yep. And the worst part is, he thought his people should be the rulers of this country. And then he's so scared that his people are going to find out what he is and what he did. And so he doesn't allow, like he castrates these terrorist men. So it doesn't allow them to breed unless he's the one who is allowing them to, you know, breed and have children because he's afraid that the, the powers that combine and make him into someone is going to, do the same. If Do the same for someone else, and then they'll else, be yeah. able. Yes, they'll be able to take him on because that's why he's so potent. Is mm -hmm. because he has the dual magic system going on. So yep. he was a very interesting. So we don't get too much of him until the very last bit, yep. and the little bits that we get from the book. Once we get that, Vin gets steals the book isn't you don't you learn that it's not him so he yeah. i thought he was really interesting i was hoping it wasn't going to turn into one of those things where he's the essentially the evil character or the bad guy of, of the book and then you don't get anything to like the very last second i always hate when they do that but i feel like this was a good way of doing that because you think you're finding out more about him and you're kind of like what the heck happened like uh -huh. he seemed so unsure of himself and all this stuff and i thought that was very well done and I'm curious to know, because I was not actually expecting him to die in this book. I thought we, we were going to get more of him. So I'm curious to know, like, who, well, he hinted at, like, there's a potential more baddie coming around. The darkness. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's the Lord Ruler. Yeah. I don't have a lot more to add. I, I, I thought he was a, an interesting villain. I, I like the way that Brandon Sanderson wrote, like, made you think the diaries were him and then kind of flipped that on its head at the end. Uh, the fight scene between him and Ven was obviously very entertaining as well at the very end of the book. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting character. And once you, I kind of wish we'd gotten a little more of him than we did. Yeah. Like actually him, like playing part of it as opposed to just, because a lot of, you, you get a lot about him, but it, right. it's like the, generally like the lore of the Lord yes. Ruler from other people's perspective. And so it would have been cool to get more actually like interacting with him. Yeah. I mean, we, we still might. We might. That's true. But if we give like a flashback or something. And then the last character, which is not a major character, but I thought he was really interesting. So I wanted to talk about him a little bit as Orasur. Yeah. So he's like an impersonator. And essentially, he is, he impersonates Lord Renox. Uh -huh. Is that Renault. how you say it? Renault. Lord Renault. Who Vin is pretending to be like his like faraway niece or something like that, and they kind of use him to like against the nobility because he's like a, a minor lord who's trying to like grow his status within them. Mm -hmm. And it turns out 
<clears throat> like we know he's an imposter, but we don't know how until like literally towards the very end of the book. And it turns out that he's a, a Kandra. Is that, is that right? Uh, he is a, it's, it's, oh, it's, it I starts with Kandra. a K. Um, yeah, Kandra. It's Kandra. I think that's right. So he's a Kandra and we don't really know too much about them. We just know they have to like eat or like digest the human remains of a person to impersonate them. That's how they impersonate them, Mm -hmm. which is really creepy. And he has a contract with Kelsier and that's why he's helping them. Yep. And he, and apparently the Kandra are like a higher form of like the creepy mist wraiths that are just like this little blob of things that like eat other things and finally get sentient being. I don't know. I'm assuming Pokemon terms. He's the first evolution (laughs) or a second evolution. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, So he, I'm assuming we're going to get more of his, his character because uh, upon Kelsier's death, he passed his contract to Vin. So now the, the Oros here is kind of like indebted to, Vin and help her out. I'm curious to know how that's going to go. She's like quite grossed out by him and is not a huge fan of their kind. Yeah. So I'm curious to know how that's going to work out and, and turn into and, and be, but yeah. And I, I, I can't say how much more of him we're going to get, but I can confirm from reading like the first two chapters that he's definitely present in the second book. I don't think that's a spoiler because it's like the first two chapters. So I thought I just thought he was a really interesting character and learning about like how he can do what he does, like Barbara described, as far as like digesting the human body. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does going forward. I think we'll we'll have to see how that all goes. But anyway, moving on from there, let's let's get into some of our questions. The first one is: If you were a misting and could choose one metal to control, that's one metal, Barbara. Which would it be? Oh, screw off. I want to be, a, I don't want to be a Misty. I want to be a Mistborn. Like the fight scenes that we get with Kelsier and Vin are just so cool. Like I just pictured in my head, like them flipping and twirling and doing all these really cool stuff. Like it's hard to just pick one, to just be a Misty. Like I would be very sorely disappointed if I was just a Misty. But I feel like if like you're pulling my arm and have to, because I would love that, to be that's a Mistborn. What I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm pulling I your know, arm. Like, you I know. Really d- so I think it would either be a pewter arm or so someone like the thug or the pewter burning the pewter. Or I think maybe, I think maybe the ten eye. That way I can kind of like hear like spy on people i think that would kind of be more fun because that's the one that you can like hear right like your senses mm-hmm. are elevated right a 10 eye is that what is? yes the 10 10 increases your senses like your five senses so i think that would be my I, yeah i think maybe that one actually now that i'm thinking about it because i thought that's the one that let you like run faster but or uh i thought the pewter arm was the one that let you run faster but it's not the 10 eye right no, the ten eye doesn't let you run faster. The ten is just your senses. Well, but isn't your sense one of them like your speed? You're like moving no. faster. No, the, the, that's pewter as well. Pewter is all is of it? your physical abilities, so it makes you be faster, stronger. Uh, this is confusing. Okay, so then I can I'm, I change my mind. I want the one that I can run fast because I think that would be cool. That way, people can't punch me, so I can just like dodge, like wah, wah, wah. I think that would be fun. <laughs> Fair enough. So I mean, obviously the, I mean, I would pick Mistborn too, Barbara, if that was an option, but the, the question me, is me, to pick me. a specific metal. I mean, pewter, pewter, I think would be cool. It would also be interesting to do either like zinc or brass, like the, the pushing and pulling of the, uh, the yeah, emotions. but I feel like if you don't have like the emotions, yeah, zinc the- and z- zinc and brass is uh, zinc inflames the emotions and brass oh. soothes the emotions. That's yeah. the rider and the soother. 
Because I I feel like that's dual. Like, you can only soothe versus you can't. Like, I feel like if you – that's the problem with, like, you want both, you know? you can just do the one. You can just do the one. So I think that's why, like, the pewter arm lets you kind of bypass that because it's just purely, you know, like – and I wouldn't want to, like, punch people. I literally would just want it so I could run faster. I think that would be fun. So for me, it's between brass or pewter. I mean, pewter, pewter would be pretty cool. I just think you'd have you'd, you could do more with brass. Like if you were able to like uh, to soothe people and calm them down, like a, you could you could have a pretty large effect. With I'll that. just punch you first, and then you can't soothe anybody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's technically true. Um, but, so I think I would choose brass. I think if I had to pick one, I would choose brass for myself. And apparently, Barbara's going to choose violence, you. and and I'm going to try to calm them down with my words and my my abilities. But <laughs> anyway, let's let's talk about Alamancy some more. So, what uh, what did you think of the book's magic system? I feel like there's no more than we can say about that. Is I don't oh, think sorry, so either. No, no, it's okay. I, I was going to say, that's literally what I was going to say. I feel like between us talking about it at the beginning in the spoiler free section and us talking about like the different characters and all the stuff they can do, I like, think we've covered it. Like, yeah. And we can like, definitively say we both loved it. Oh, I love, loved it. This was such a interesting take on like magic that I've never seen, like with the metals and, and how they, there's like different. So there's a sister element to each one, you know, like uh-huh. one pulls, one pulls the other, like the soothing one that you said, like one soothes the other one uh, makes them excited or whatever. Yep. So it's just a, the combination that not only he used the metals, but like the, the relationships between two metals and one another and what they do. And it was just really, really, really very interesting. I love that aspect. I wanted more of that aspect. I wasn't even that pissed that I was really confused in the beginning because he's like, Oh, and Kelsey are pushed and he pulled and he did that. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I do not (laughs) understand this terminology. It's one of those reasons why I wish I had the hard copy because it's so much easier. Cause in the back of the book, like they have that terminology so you can read about it. And on the Kindle is just a lot harder to read that and reference those. So yeah. sometimes I think next time I'm just going to like print it out. <laughs> just yeah. it out with me idea. with my Kindle. Yeah. And I, but. so that actually reminded me. So Brandon has recently said, cause people have been asking for a while for like a, a hardcover, like glossary of the Cosmere. So like all of his books, mm-hmm. like have a, like a, a, a guide of everything. Sure. And I, I think that that's, so that's coming and that's definitely something like I want to add to my collection. Yeah. Like exactly. Like an encyclopedia mm-hmm. for, all of them. And since I am reading all of them, I think that would be cool. But yeah, definitely. I think this was the strong for me, the strongest part of the book was the magic system. And I knew it would be, (laughs) I think it was well, I thought it was very well written, very well explained. Uh, Probably one of the favorite magic system, honestly. Yeah. That's cool to hear. I, I, when I started reading this a little before you did and I called it, I was like, Barbara, you're going to love this magic system. It's so cool. Yeah. Right up your alley. So yeah. so yeah, I think you're right. We've kind of covered that now. So what plot twist took you most by surprise? And for me, and I think it's going to be the same for Barbara, to be honest, but for me, it was Kelsier dying. He is such a main character and like Brandon does such a good job of making you fall in love with this character, especially with like where he's going near the end of the book. Like you he kind of turns a, a leaf and uh, you know, you see him in this last fight that he has with the, I can't, the steel inquisitor. He finally kills it. Uh, and you know, you, he saves Ellen, which is a big thing for him because he's so anti 
noble. And even though Vin has convinced him that Ellen is a good person and is different, it's a huge thing to see him like take the time during this battle to go and save Ellen. And he has the mental thought like, Vin better appreciate this. <laughs> but see, all that goes well. And he kills the Steel Inquisitor. And you're like, oh, it's great. Like, that's okay. We're getting to like the the big fight at the end. And then the Lord Ruler shows up and just instantly kills Bitch Kelsier. slaps him. He yeah. literally bitch slaps and half his face rips off. I'm like, oh my God. Yep. And then stabs him with his spear. Yeah. And, and kills it. him. Yeah. I thought that was like, I didn't, I thought it was like, oh, and it's going to be a fake person or like, we're going to figure out that the, the 11th metal was like, you can duplicate your body or something. So yes. that was just like I was a mirror <laughs> image of him or something. And then when they're like, he's dead, I'm like, the it, f- it, bro- it broke me a little bit. Like I really liked Kelsier and I hate that. I hate that I'm going to have to go through the rest of this series without him. I know. Like, yeah. I mean, I like Vin. Don't get me wrong. And and I, I came to like Ellen by the end of it, but it made me sad. That was the biggest plot point that just that, that plot twist yeah. screwed me up. It got me good. I mean, I love Vin because she's this. Is my one complaint about this is just, she's the only female character. There's literally no yeah. other woman character in this book. Like you get a small role of a one person and she is evil essentially and dies like she's a mistborn. And I was like, I was hoping that maybe I was going to, I was thinking that like, she's going to be one of those people who's originally kind of like mean to Vin. And then turns out that they're going to work together. And that yeah. was not the case at all. So like, we don't have other really cool, strong, not even strong female, but just female characters in general It's just Vin. So you kind of like, as me, I gravitated towards her and I do have my smart slight, gripes with her but i really liked kelsey so yeah that that's probably the biggest plot twist i was not expecting him especially because he was a main the second main character in the book to die and he had Mm -hmm. planned this the whole time and like what really got me was like after the fact he left like little notes for them and like his huge plan along of what he was actually planning on doing all this stuff. And it kind of breaks your heart because the whole time, you know, all these other characters were doubting him. Cause they're all like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're doing this because for the wealth or you're doing this because you want to be the ruler next. And it's like, if they only trusted him and believed in him, like that was never his intention. He was never planning on surviving. And that was really sad. And the kicker was the whole note to Vin where he said, Hey, I'm going to tell his wife, he was like, hey, I want to tell my wife um, hi from you and all this stuff. She always wanted a daughter. And I'm just like, oh, no. Why would you do this to me? Oh, man. That really got me. That was, oof. It's getting you right now. Very sad. Very well th- Very well written. He's a very good author. Mm-hmm. So moving on from from that, uh, the the next question, I think, is kind of a, kind of a, it's a more basic question. Because um, it's kind of a yes or no or A or B. Would you rather live under the Lord Ruler's control and protection or would you rather overthrow him in favor of an unknown government and potential attacks from the darkness or whatever's in the mist? And this is kind of like a, an age-old question, right? Safety versus freedom? I don't know about that. I think we've been trying the Lord Ruler's control for a thousand years, and look how well that's <laughs> going now. Like, he's kind of a dick. Uh, the Ska are being treated like less than by the nobility and him, the steel inquisitor is creepy as F same with all the inquisitors, all this other stuff. So like, you know, after a thousand years, I might just be like, you know what? I'll take my chances. So I'm going to go with taking my chances. We can maybe do this a little bit better. And 
I guess I'll, I'll see what else the horizon brings. Maybe I changed my mind after reading the second three or the second, third books. Maybe there's something worse than that. But as <laughs> yeah. far as what I'm from the first book, I'm going to take my chances. Cause he definitely implied that like he was keeping something much worse. Correct. He was like, I'm still keeping something at bay dies. So it's like, right. Oh yes. The trope where I have a bit of information. I die before I can tell you. <laughs> so thinking about this question, I, I think it, from the reader's perspective, like what Barbara was saying, it's easy to say like, yes, we're going to overthrow him and figure out what happens next. But then I started thinking about this from like different people within the book's perspective. So like if you're a nobleman or a noble woman, it's easy to choose like, well, I'd rather stay under Lord Rule's control. Like I'm safe. I'm powerful. I have all the things that I want. It's yeah, but you're decision. also the, considered the bad guy in the book. It's true, but not in, but not in their own story. They don't probably see themselves as the well, bad guy. Well, obviously not in their own story. They no, and That's what I'm saying, like from, from their, their perspective. And even if you flip it and you say that you're looking at it from the Ska's perspective, there's so many Ska that were resistant to the rebellion because they, they have gotten used to the status quo and it well, is the way Well, but they didn't know any and, better. They right. literally didn't have any hope. But that's I'm saying, the like, difference. The, the, it would be, it would okay, be interesting. Ham. Okay, Ham. Okay, <laughs> Ham. I was just thinking it'd be interesting. Anyway, uh-huh, so uh-huh. I, I I also would choose if it was me to you know, overthrow the the, the Lord ruler and uh, see what happens next. But let's see what is next. Religion is very important in this book. Um, what with you know the prophecies that foretold the coming of a great hero and Sazed looking to spread word of dead religions and Kelsier being Kelsier and starting a religion all by himself. <laughs> what did you think of the role of religion in this book? I think, I mean, religion, like like the question says, I mean, religion plays a very big role. Um, the Lord ruler and all of everyone's belief in him is very much a religion. You know, that's pretty much why he wiped out all of the other religions, because he wanted people to only believe in the religion that was effectively him. He is God. He will protect you. He will keep you safe. His his words are right. And if he tells you you're going to be effectively a slave, then that's his the right thing. His words are law, I think, is what you were that was. Yep, his words are law. And and then, you know, flipping that over to like what Sazed and all of the religions that he knows. And it was really interesting to hear about all the random ones that he would talk about because it seemed like Kelsier liked to ask him to tell him about a religion when he was when he was struggling to think of something or to uh when he was like brainstorming about the the plot or what he what he needed to do next for the deal. He or he was stressed out, he would ask Saze to tell him, tell me about a dead religion. That was it was interesting to learn about those as we go. So that was definitely a part of it. And then to see Kelsier in a sense become kind of like the Lord Ruler, become a god himself, because he gets people to believe in him as the hero of Hathson and they think that he's unbeatable and he can't die and he's gonna live forever. And you learn obviously that after he dies that his real message is that his message lives forever. And you know, he he takes that that final step that's so important and becoming creating a religion is dying and becoming a martyr for your own cause but yeah i mean religion's huge 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 it's huge huge. religion is very huge in the book no it's huge it's a huge part of the book so religion is used as a means to control people that's essentially what the lord ruler does is like you can't believe in anything but me and that's how you kind of beat the hope out of people because if you have no hope you can't believe in something else and that's what kelsier literally does the opposite like he knows from his talks with saze in, and i think that's why he was always asking him about it is like what kept these people going after all this time and it was the hope and the belief of something greater and that's the religion 
Kelsier's religion is literally what saves the their group. What what keeps the rebellion going past everything else is the hope and the the wish and the dream of something more, something different. So I don't have much else to add except for the whole religion is the way that they controlled it. Both yep. of them did. It is. The yeah. rural ruler to control people and for them to believe in his power and Kelsier for the opposite would be like, you've got this in yourself to, no. you're the ones who are going to overthrow them, but you have to believe in yourself. And he gave them the cause to do that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. Kelsier used his religion as just a different kind of control. And as opposed to just taking total power, he, used his to show people that they could have the power for themselves. So speaking of Kelsier's, it's kind of a fun question. Is Kelsier a hero? Considering he kills people for supporting what he considers an evil regime, but those people are just supporting their families. Is Kelsier justified in lying about being a God for his cause? Is it hypocritical for him to kill nobles on the basis of race and privilege while him and almost all of his friends are half noble, like Barbara said earlier, and live comfortably? It's the age old question, right? So is he a hero? I would say he's that gray hero, the morally gray character hero, like an anti-hero. I don't think he's your traditional hero. Like he does bad things under the justification that it's fine because they're bad people. But like you said, if you were to ask those people, they're not the bad people, you know, or they're just trying to get by or support their family. And he sees that as a bad thing. And like, I think Vin kind of takes him down a notch down a peg or two because she's like, Hey, like you have no idea. Like you claim you hate these noble people when a you're half and that's where you got your power from. And B like you maybe grew up, not great, but then you got all these, like you stole all this money, have all these riches. Like you're not living like most Scott people are like, who are you to say all these things and be super judgy of these other people when you're kind of doing the same thing, but then you find out that he actually has been giving his wealth away to all these Scott people. Pretty much all of it. So that kind <laughs> of, you know, kind of redeems him and stuff, but definitely he's an anti-hero. And I think that is what draws me more to him. Cause if I, he's the complete opposite of the other character that we read in Elantris where he, he was like the ideal perfect hero. Like he had no flaws. He was gray. He was all these things. And I don't like characters like that. I prefer the ones who have more flaws and then they grow from it and learn from that. And I, so I guess roundabout way, is he a hero? No, he's an anti-hero and I enjoy him for that. I think Kelsier is a hero. I think he's a flawed hero, like Barbara said, but I I think that, I think that he's still a hero. Uh, I, I think that, you know, his legacy will be that he he will be seen as a hero to lots of people when he did some bad things and i think most heroes do you know most heroes don't that's the whole point of being a hero michael most heroes make mistakes is what i mean all heroes wasn't making mistakes most heroes are the whole golden child that they don't make. Like they might make mistakes, but they don't outwardly murder people True. or have this hatred towards people to murder them. Most heroes aren't the murdering kind, sweet pea. What kind no. of fancy books are you reading, fake? <laughs> so yes, I think Kelsier is a hero. Uh, maybe not in the traditional sense, but I, I believe he still is a hero. Uh, let's see. Moving on from that, let's talk about some other morality. Breeze justifies soothing as being nothing more nefarious than wearing makeup or laughing at an unfunny joke to manipulate someone's mood. Do you agree? And to what degree is someone being rioted or soothed accountable for their actions? And to what degree is the soother? 
Does your answer change if the soother did not intend for them to take that action? And it's it's a tricky question, like thinking about the this because essentially, I mean, it's not like straight up mind control, right? Where you're like literally forcing someone to do something they otherwise wouldn't do, but you're kind of nudging them in that direction. I mean, I think that I think that Breeze has is on to something when he says that in in the sense that. I don't think because it's not like he's putting things there that aren't already there. And I I understand his metaphor of, you know, makeup or, uh, you know, laughing at an unfunny joke to manipulate somebody's mood or manipulate the way you they think that they're presenting themselves. I think that the person that's being rioted or sued is accountable to their actions. I don't know if the soother or the rioter would be, would be accountable for that just because they, they don't know what's going to happen. Like, it's not like mind control where you're like inside, like, like, you know, touching your head, uh, Barbara, kill, kill your, your family. Like that's, that's not happening. Like you're not telling somebody what to do. You're, you're just nudging emotions that are already there. Uh, so I, I don't think that the soother would be held accountable for their actions. And I, I, I agree with Breeze's metaphor as far as the amount of manipulation. Mm, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. So I understand what he's talking about as far as like makeup, laughing or a funny joke to manipulate someone's mood. It's that, but then to a higher degree, to a higher level, like you get people without an, without abilities that can manipulate people who are very good at talking, who are charismatic. Look at Kelsier without his powers. He still could probably have people follow him just because that's the kind of personality he is. Like he's able to say things in a certain way to manipulate people or do things that people want, like have people do things that he wants them to do. What a soother does or what a rioter does, I think, is to the next level because they're pulling emotions that they don't want you to feel or putting emotions there or amplifying those emotions. It's one or the other, depending on the soother or rioter. So I feel like it, it's like a fire. So you're stoking, stoking, is that how you say mm-hmm. Stoking the fire or you're pulling the air from it. You're lowering that heat. So I think it's to a higher degree is what you're doing. Like without a person doing that to the fire, the fire is either going to burn out or it's going to get bigger depending on the kindling that is just lying around. What they're doing is they're amplifying that to whatever degree they want. They're making it quicker. They're throwing, you know, the oil in it or they're, putting a cover over it to cease the the oxygen from getting it. That's how I see it. So I I don't agree with you. I think what they're doing is more so than just a normal, like, ha ha, I laughed at your really shitty joke. Like, no, it's, I laughed at your shitty joke on top of then I twisted it. So then you thought you were like, Ooh, that's even funnier than normal. So that's so do you think I that think they that. should be held accountable? I think so, because just because you didn't intend for something to happen, you were still manipulating, you're still changing the outcome. If you hadn't touched it, then who knows what have, what have, what would have happened. So just because it's the intention, I've never liked that whole, like, I didn't intend to do this. No, you didn't intend to do it, but you still did it. The intention might not have been malice, but you still did it. You still manipulated that person, or you still touched them with their soothing or their rioting to do something and maybe it wasn't the outcome that you wanted but you you did it you manipulated it and i'm not using manipulate in the sense that you manipulated you manipulated the emotion like you yeah. you you know handled mm, it point. yeah so so. You, you made you made good points too 
So moving moving on from there, what was the biggest question you had at the end of this book that you would like answered in future books? What more is Vin? I feel like she's more because we get that. And it could just be something like easy as like, oh, it's because her daddy was a high inquisitor and that's why like her his blood is pure or whatever the 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 because we don't really know how like we know the abilities are passed down from the nobility mm-hmm. but we don't know why and how it's done because like as far as we're concerned in this book ellen's um father is a really uh, he's a ten eye, like he has. A, he's a misting, uh-huh. but Ellen, as far as we're aware, doesn't have any powers whatsoever. So it's like, okay, so why does this skip a generation? Like, how do you get it? So yeah. I'm curious to know if she's maybe something more, and maybe she is someone who is both a a um, chemist and an allomancer, or yeah. if she's just a really strong allomancer because of blood relations. So I'm curious to know how that's going to be answered and my second one is like what is the darkness are we going to see the darkness now that the dude is dead you know because they hinted at something remotely like that so so i asked what was the biggest question barbara and you took both of my answers by that giving sucks. two yeah yeah well uh, sure does. you can so those are the two that i want to know as well the the third one being i, I want to see you know i want to i'm excited to see what happens to the empire now that the lord ruler's gone and ellen is in control like will he be able to both keep maintain. things maintained, but also keep to his morals, right? Because he doesn't want to be like a dictator. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be like an emperor. Mm-hmm. Like he wants it to be like a republic. And will he be able to to do that and keep things running the way he wants them to run? That'll yeah. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Last question. Speaking of Elland, what do you think changed Kelsier's mind about Elland? He would have killed Elland without a second thought in the first chapters of the book, as we saw him kill many nobles that we didn't really know a whole lot about without a second thought. So that's an interesting question. I think that the basic answer to that is Vin. Vin changed his mind. The more specific answer there is, because it's not like, you know, chapter 20, Vin just walked up to Kelsier and was like, Ellen is different. And then Kelsier's mind was changed. Like it was, it was a process. Like it took Vin a lot convincing to convince Kelsier that Ellen was not like the other nobles and that he had different thoughts and different ideas and different morals. And he wasn't just this scum of the earth person. He, he was curious and he may have not grown up in an environment where he got the ability to learn about a lot of the real world and the ska, but he wanted to know. And he was reading these books that were illegal to read, to learn more about the world, the way it actually is. And I think, you know, we see Kelsier kind of come around, but it almost seems like at least it seemed like to me that he was almost kind of saying that just to satisfy Vin because he kind of wants her to drop it. And then when he saves him and at the end of the book in that big fight, that's when you see that Kelsier, okay, you know, he really, he really does feel that, that Ellen is different. Uh, otherwise he wouldn't have done that. He would have just let him die and said, Oh, I, you know, I couldn't have made it in time or something. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, so I think, Vin was the one who put the idea in his mind and she was like, Hey, like he's different. He's not like the others. And there there's more of them like this. I think that was the seed that the, the doubt of seed that she planted in him. And then I think he saw like his relationship with his wife where, you know, people are saying, Oh, it, it was her. She's the one who told the Lord ruler. She's the one who, 
uh, backstabbed you guys, all these things. And all these people were telling him that, but he still couldn't like, he still loved her uh-huh. and no one could convince him otherwise. So I think he saw that relationship that he said he had with his wife and how Vin was saying like, you know, he's, I, he's different, all these things. I don't, I don't believe in all that stuff. And then I think it took him seeing that instead of running away, Ellen was running towards the fight to try to help Vin's character that he didn't realize, you know, who she was at the time, but, and essentially rebelling against his nature and be like, mm-hmm. no, I, I need to save these people too. And I think that's the, the straw that he was like, okay, like maybe she's right. Maybe there is a glimmer of hope for these people. That's why he, he, you know, changed his mind. Yep. I agree. And I was actually, I had just thought about that. I was going to mention that I think that was part of it, that he, all the other nobles were locking themselves in their ivory towers and he ran into the fight to try to do something, which was cool. So that's it. Plus plus the love. Plus the love. love. Right, right, right. The love, right. The love. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. She hearted him. (laughs) That's all all we've got for this one. Let's talk about our individual scores. Barbara, you want to go first? Yeah, so I gave it an eight. Yeah, I would have given it a much higher score, but like I said, it was it really dragged a part in the book for me. It really dragged, and that's kind of why I gave it a lower score. Because I feel like maybe we could have cut some stuff out. Like I understand that we're trying to get some characterization in there, but some of that crap I really didn't care for. It was mostly the whole intrigue of the poli- the po- the political aspect of it. Like I've never been a huge person, like I'm not a fan of that. And so it was during Vince chapters where she was tell like, you know, going to the balls and doing all this stuff and we did get what I thought she was kind of a cool character because I liked her snarkiness and her shittiness. And then she just ends up and dies, which I was a little disappointed on for the the one of the other woman characters or whatever. I just, I feel like I didn't really care for those scenes. So if you just cut that, it would have been A, a shorter book, and B, it would maybe helped with the pacing along for me. But otherwise, I really enjoyed it. I liked most of the characters. I wish we got a little bit more of some other characters. But overall, I enjoyed it, and I love the magic system, and I'm actually really excited to read more about that. So I hope maybe the second book is a little bit better with the pacing, and maybe we get some more interesting characters and maybe more fleshed out of the minor characters. Because I feel like the two main characters that were the most fleshed out were the two point of views that we got, and I'm mm-hmm. hoping that we get more of some other people and newer characters, females. What's funny, I mean, you know I'm about to say I really liked the political stuff that he included in the book, but different strokes for different folks. Um, I gave this one, I gave this one a nine out of 10. I really liked it. Uh, I I didn't, couldn't find much wrong with it. I I enjoyed it. I'm excited to continue reading them. Uh, The story was great. The characters were great. I didn't think it was super slow. There were some times that were a little bit slow. Uh, The action was really well written when it was there. I loved the magic system. Like I literally, I can't, if, if we had asked the question we used to ask of like, what did you not like about this book? I really don't know what I would say. Yeah, because, because you're a guy and you see yourself represented in in all of the characters. Like, I feel like you just don't understand. So you're a guy who really likes fantasy books. I'm, I identify as female. It's hard to read books, especially fantasy books, because I do enjoy fantasy and high fantasy and sci-fi and all this stuff. But it's really hard to find a book where you see yourself representative. And as not only am, am I a woman, it's also the whole 
person of color thing too. Like it's really hard to not only find female characters, but female characters that look like me too. And you don't have that problem. You literally don't have a problem like that. You're not only are you a dude, you're a white dude. So it's all fun and games for you because you get that. And I feel like you don't understand the difference of someone who doesn't get to read those. And so that's my biggest issue is like, I would like to see more character representation, regardless if that means male to female, if that means POC characters, if that means characters with disabilities or LGBTQ characters, like it would be nice to see that. And I feel like fantasy is the genre that we really don't get to see that a lot of. And that's the only biggest caveat that I have with these types of books is I wish we had more of that as someone who regularly has to deal with that and you're lucky you don't have to deal with that so it must be nice that you can see yourself and enjoy that book and not have to think like it would be cool if one of these like why couldn't have breeze's character be a a woman like i don't think that would have changed anything or hell even ham's character that could have been a badass female character who was like a thug that would have been interesting to see anything like that like yeah. it just would have been nice i feel like to I, just yeah. get more of that representation that's true and i think that oh i mean i i know that in some of brandon's newer books you see more of that than you do and i think maybe this in some ways this is kind of a, a victim of its time too because like in this came out in the early 2000s and it wasn't i hate when people use that as an excuse I, I don't like it as an excuse. Yes, it was a victim of its time. Like if that's the case, then everything is a victim of a time. Maybe you should have been a time ahead of your time. Like it's only because people got pissy at you that you changed your tune because beforehand you didn't see anything wrong with that. I don't think it's that people got pissy at you. I think it's just that the you know things changed. The there would have been a time where you know the general assumption would have been that for a book that was written about fantasy or sci-fi, like the market was just dudes. for men. Yeah, yeah, there weren't any girls out there that wanted to but read it. But there were. That's the right? difference. There I know. were. It's just and you I, guys I didn't know that. care. It's the same thing with like, oh, like girls don't like reading fantasy. That's so bull crap. We've always been enjoying reading fantasies. You guys don't write for us, so why would we want to read your books? And then the ones when you do, we're always getting raped or all this other crap is happening to us. And it's like, are you kidding me right now? Like that's ridiculous. I feel like I'm going on a tangent here, but that's the kind of crap that pisses me off. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's, it's they're all good comments. I, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. Mm. That's why I gave it a lower score, because it would be nice to see the representation. Yeah, it would that's be. Fair. You're like, there's nothing wrong with this book. You should be a little more open-minded about things. I should there be. You're right. are plenty of stuff open. Anyways. <laughs> you're right. I should be. The group score for this one between those two scores, obviously, it's pretty easy math. It's an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, and I did just realize so how that- How did we get that? How How is that split so up? So nine <laughs> plus eight. No. <laughs> Divided um, by two, carry the one. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that's a score. I realized there was a question I, I meant to ask that I forgot to ask. And that is, oh. um, and you, you already know my answer because I've talked about that I want to read more of the books. I don't so see it on here. It's not on there. Oh, I see. I just forgot to add the question to the the, the mm-hmm. notes. Mm-hmm. So, Barbara, do you see yourself? Do you want to read more? I mean, are you gonna? Are you planning to read more of the Mistborn series? Yeah, actually, yes, yes, I am. I really enjoy the magic system, so I'm curious to know. I want to see where it goes because I feel like we discovered this eleventh metal, and just like Vin mentions at the end, like there's a partner to that metal, mm-hmm. like and there's she, some secret stuff out there. I feel exactly, like. and yeah. she and she kind of was like, hey, like. I don't think this is the partner that everyone thinks it's partnered with. Like, I think it's the partner with gold. So if mm-hmm. there's the gold and this is the partner, then what's the 
partner for the one that's missing and all this stuff. So I feel like that really led, and I do enjoy Vin's character. So I'm curious to know how she's going to grow and move on. And luckily she's like the one female character. So I guess she's revived. So I'm assuming she's going to keep on playing a bigger role and maybe Ellen's going to jump in. So yeah, no, I I definitely do want to read more. Yeah. I just hope there's, better representation i hope so I have too. a feeling it's not going to because quote unquote it's a product of his time and so back in 2007 women and gay characters and poc characters weren't a thing you know we just weren't we didn't exist so i think that there might be some more representation later on we'll see but I, i'm also excited not just to read this first trilogy but i think it'll be cool to see because i the the second Mistborn trilogy takes place 300 years after the end of this one so it's a pretty big gap but still the same so there's the three main ones Mm -hmm. and then he wrote the other ones it's 300 years in the future of the these that's so it's the the, there's first one is called mistborn era one and then the second era one and the second trilogy is mistborn era two uh and then he actually just announced that he's he's written or writing i think he's written it's just not out yet um a fourth book for that era Hmm. that's coming out either later this year or early next year did these all come out like back to back or did he do the first trilogy and then come back to them after a few years? Do you know? So uh, that's a good question. So he did the first trilogy then came back later. So I, mm-hmm. I think from interviews and stuff, he has always had an idea to do more. I mean, obviously all of his books take place in this massive Cosmere, but um, he wrote the last one of these that we're reading in 2008 and the first one of the next one, which is the Wax and Wayne series with what it's called uh, in 2011. So it was three years later. Not okay. a huge gap. No, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, he, I mean, if you look at his bibliography, he pumps out books like nobody's business. Like he, I the, mean, his, most authors with a book deal have to, Michael. Like they yeah. have to do within the scope of their contract about a book a year. Okay. So that's pretty, pretty standard. I just hopped on Brandon's site. So I was curious. So the, there, the, there's a book coming out in this year, this November, that is the fourth book in the era two Mistborn books. And then he's also announced that he's writing a new trilogy, which is mm. going to be era three of the Mistborn books. Okay. So Let's hope how- he's not trying to bleed it dry either. I'm not a fan of that crap either, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, like writing it into the ground where there's just, yeah. yeah I don't think he'll do that. I, I, I don't believe that's how it will happen, but fair, fair enough. Uh, have feedback about today's episode? Contact us by writing to badassliteraturesociety at gmail.com. You can also send us a DM or leave a comment on Instagram or Facebook. Our handle is at badasslitpod, I believe. Yep. <laughs> I'm both. Make, make sure you're following Badass Literature for free in your favorite podcast app. Give us a rating and leave us a review if they allow you to. It's really important. To, it helps uh, helps our podcast get seen by more people. So that's, uh, If you do like our show, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Um, like Barbara said, in both cases, both places, our username is at BadassLipPod, and we're on Instagram and Facebook. And with that, we'll see you next time. See you next time. I'm Michael. Barbara. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>